Hi, and welcome. I'm Steve Martorano, and this is the Behavioral Corner. You're invited to hang with us as we discuss the ways we live today, the choices we make, the things we do, and how they affect our health and well-being. So you're on the corner, the Behavioral Corner. Please hang around a while. Hey, everybody. Hi, and welcome once again to the Behavioral Corner. It's me, the chief uh, hanger on the corner, Steve Martorano. Uh, what we do here on the Behavioral Corner is uh, we are very fortunate to bump into very interesting people. At least we find them interesting. We hope you do as well. They come here uh, armed with uh, some particular story that we think will help you in what we really look at here, which is called behavioral health. And put simply, that's everything. <laughs> this is a podcast about everything. Behavioral health, the choices we make, the way we live, and how it all affects us mentally and physically and emotionally and spiritually. So it's a big topic. Incidentally, we're uh, Grateful and proud to have as our underwriter, Retreat Behavioral Health. You'll hear about uh, more of them later on in the program. Okay, so we've got what I just occurred to me as a kind of counterintuitive story for you today. Uh, and it's counterintuitive in the following way. Most of us, if not all of us, consciously or unconsciously, are in pursuit of a place where we can feel safe and a path that seems possessed of the least resistance. We, the term for that is maybe your comfort zone. Nice enough goal, right? Who, who doesn't want a comfort zone where everything is relatively easy and whatever obstacles you come upon, you know, you're pretty much prepared to handle that. That seems like a perfectly logical way to approach one's life. Uh, and it probably is for most people. Is there a benefit, though, to going, I wonder what's beyond my comfort zone? I wonder what's out there, and is it worth pushing the envelope to find out what it is? And that's what our guest is here to tell us about. James Broya uh, is a former college athlete, still very uh, involved in uh, in athletics and uh, fitness. It was because of his, I guess, collegiate career, he began a lifelong love affair with uh, fitness and uh, its uh, ability to inspire us. And he's here to talk about just that. There are places you can go if you put your mind to this that may have some remarkable benefits for you. So as one of the world's great sedentary creatures, I'm going to listen to this with an open mind and find out what Jim is actually talking about when he talks about taking it to the limit and beyond. Did I get most of that right? Is that what you're about? You're about saying, yeah, no, you can do more. We can do more. Absolutely. And that's kind of what I base my whole life around right now. Every area of my life, whether it's fitness, family, business related, everything, everything, you can always mm -hmm. do more. Were you one of those kids who, uh, you know, you wanted to run faster, you wanted to jump further, you wanted to climb the tallest tree? Did it come to you naturally or did you develop this desire to go looking for new mountains to climb? Yeah, um, it wasn't obviously always as extreme as it is now. But as a kid, I definitely have had a very competitive nature. And I came from a background where sports was kind of the only thing that I had. So being competitive and pushing my limits was really the only area. There was no kind of distractions. And then I lost it. I went to college, um, kind of fell to the influence of college. Right, exactly. And yeah. as College came to a close. I kind of realized I wanted differently again, and that is what led me to this path. So I had it, lost it, and found it again. Yeah, you know, college is an interesting thing. It's the great American dream and notion that that's how you get to a better place. 
And most people who sent kids off to college know that that may be true. But as I just said, sometimes college gets in the way. What was it? Too much fun? Too much leisure time? What was it? Yeah, it was definitely too much fun. I was a big partier, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. All right. You know, you know what? Uh, again, what I call this counterintuitive is because I think you'll agree with me. Most people don't wake up in the morning. Most people don't wake up in the morning and say, is there something I haven't done yet? That's really, really hard. Well, let me go do it. Okay. They get to that by all kinds of means. But let's put that aside for a second and talk about why do this. I mean, what's wrong with finding your, your safe place, your comfort zone, identifying the things you're good at and are able to achieve them, you know, relatively uh, easily? What's wrong with that? Put another way, what are the benefits of pushing through your limits? I, I have a couple down here and I want you to react to them. I've been reading up on the notion of pushing your limits and some of the things I've come up with, I'd like you to respond to. If you're an accountant, how do you become more successful by pushing your limits? What's the relationship between that and success? Yeah, I think it comes down to looking at everyone that's around you and kind of seeing where you could do more. And it differs in every aspect, like what you said, accounting, but it goes into anything. And I don't know much about accounting, but in fitness, what I did, I looked around at everybody and I said, okay, there is more. And usually when you start to look around and you start to analyze the people around you, you realize, okay, maybe not, maybe everyone's not as happy as I thought they were. Maybe everyone's kind of just going through the motions. Is there intention behind their work? Is there meaning behind their work? And most times there isn't. And that's where it started with me with pushing the envelope for success was like, am I kind of just floating through the motions here? I'm looking around at everyone else and everyone else seems to be pretty complacent, but they don't seem to have the answers to be happy. So maybe I do have to push the envelope and see what I'm made of, what really drives me in my meaning and my purpose. Mm -hmm. That happiness. You know, you mentioned intentionality. That's really interesting. I mean, most of us don't, as we move through life, we think there's a purpose and intent to what we're doing, but it, it's worth re-examining that, correct? I would agree, yes. Yeah. Um, you're basically uh, talking about this in terms of physicality. Uh, by the way, we are moving to an event that I'm just astonished about. I can't wait to hear more about. Jim is involved in something called a bear crawl. And when I first heard it, I thought, yeah, I know a bear crawl. You get a cup of coffee and a bear crawl and you go to work. Uh, <laughs> no, crawl, Steve, not a bear claw. Uh, and he's doing it for a very uh, specific purpose. We'll find out what the bear crawl is. But tell us about improving your self-worth. I think when you attach some type of, like what, I, like I said, intention or meaning behind your work, and you, you mentioned account, so let's use account for an example. How can I make my client's life better, right? How can I push my limits with work in the boundaries that I set, right? To improve my client's life. And when you start to push the envelope in that, your self-worth comes of, okay, I'm making someone else's life better by pushing my own limits. So I'm growing and they're growing. It almost seems selfish, but there's meaning behind it. And you're making someone else's life better. Also, when you push your boundaries, your self-worth will increase because you're not putting limits on yourself right now. You stand for something. Now, with the meaning behind your work, you believe in something. You believe in what you're doing. You're doing it for a reason. So you can say no now. You can say no to certain things that don't coincide with your growth. Mm -hmm. By doing that, by saying no, people will respect you. In turn, of respect, your self worth will grow. It comes from many different directions, I believe. During this process, um, did you find for yourself when you were 
you know, working athletically and physically, that the further you push the envelope and the further you push the limits, that new opportunities presented themselves to you that you hadn't expected? Absolutely. And recently, the biggest thing I've noticed, like we mentioned with this bear crawl, is when you start to take these risks and you start to push the envelope, people become drawn to you and people will seek you for new opportunity. And it did happen in athletics. And I think the harder that you push yourself, the more good will come your way. But it's not a direct relationship. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. There's a lot of ups and downs. So it doesn't always correlate to opportunity. But when it does, the opportunities are much larger than what you would have received staying within your perceived boundaries. Yeah, what's the old story of the, uh, it's the journey, not the destination. You don't know where you're going to wind up, but it could be a new place. Yeah, it's fascinating. We've mentioned bear crawl twice. People are going, the hell are they talking about? <laughs> so tell us what the bear crawl challenge is. So I will be bear crawling a marathon, which is 26.2 miles in October 7th of 2022, about a year out. Um, and I'll be doing it for mental health. Um, I'll be doing it to raise money for children that grow up without kind of an influence or role models. That is a similar background to what I went through as a child. And I feel very passionate about it, but I will be the second person to ever complete it. There's only one person that's done it before. So it's been a whole new world of discovery. Well, first of all, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I should have mentioned this before we began. Are you able to move your, uh, your camera there on your computer? Can you show me what a bear crawl is? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I definitely can. Hold on. Can you see? Yep. All right. So a bear crawl is going to be on all fours. Basically, your hands are shoulder width apart. Your knees uh, are under your hips, and you'll be elevated. And then just from there, it's a crawl, like walking like a bear. So yeah, I'll do some, some back and forth. So you're moving forward kind of in a in sync uh, right. with your Opposite arm, opposite leg, forward crawling like a bear or a dog. It's kind of the same thing. It's just called a bear crawl, really. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, even a uh, minor athlete like myself had uh, has some experience with that maneuver as a you know a high school football player on the you know the third string. We did those as punishment. <laughs> you had to do laps or bear crawls if you screwed up. So as I hear you say it now, uh, uh, you'll be the second person to have bear crawled for 26 miles? Is that, that's what you're saying? Correct, I'll be the second person. First of all, who's the first person and how did you find out about it? <laughs> so this is a very interesting story. So the first person to do is this guy, Devin Levesque. He is a savage. His father committed suicide when he was younger. So he did it for mental health and suicide prevention. And he did the New York City Marathon. And I didn't know at the time that he was doing it, I didn't know about it, but I found out a couple months afterwards and became very interested in the event itself. I've always been big into endurance events, whether it's ultra marathons or marathons, triathlons, Ironmans, things like that. And I was fascinated by it. So I did some research and I came across a couple podcasts where he would talk about what he went through. And there was one podcast where he mentioned four minutes in. He said, somebody's going to break this record. The world It's a world record. He said, somebody's going to break it, and I'm going to be excited to cheer them across the finish line. And at that moment, the first thing that popped in my head was, I'm going to do this. Like, that's going to be me. So I drove to my buddy's house, and I, we sat down, and I said, listen to this and tell me what you think. And he listened to it, and I said, 
I'm going to bear crawl a marathon. And he challenged me to go a 10th of a mile further. So who knows if we're going to do distance yet, but I have to bear crawl 26.2 miles in under 20 hours and 48 minutes to have the world record. Under 20 hours. 20 hours. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I guess if you're predicated in the belief that, correct me if I'm wrong, I have no doubt you'll do it, but it really doesn't matter whether you do it or not. You're going to try to do it. That's the point, isn't it? Yeah, I will finish it. Whether I break the record or not, it will, it will be completed. I can guarantee that 100%. But yeah, it, it isn't about the record. It's more about who I became by pushing my limits. That's really what it's about. And like you said, new opportunity, just the people I've attracted in my life, the relationships that I've built through pushing my limits has been, I can't even compare it. I can't even put a price on it. And just the quality of my life has increased so much. My mindset, how I feel in my own mental space with I feel good. I feel confident in the things that I'm doing. I feel like I'm serving a purpose. I feel like I'm helping people. That's what it's about. It, yeah. It was, it started about the record and it became about something else. And I'm so thankful for that because it's given me a world of opportunity and a world of relationships that I couldn't imagine, have imagined before. Where are you going to do this 26 miles? So I live in Long Island. I haven't picked the exact course yet. I think I'm going to do the outline of the New York City Marathon. That's what I would like to do. Really? Uh, yeah, which is going to be tough because a bunch of traffic and, you know. Yes, you could get run over on the Verrazano Narrows, right? <laughs> yeah. You do have some support with you here, some teams, right? Oh, absolutely. Just so people understand, is the technique that you never get out of the crawl, can you stand up at some point, stretch your leg, or are you always in the crawl? I can stand up and rest. I just can't make any forward motion. So you have to be in a crawl. So I can stand up and stop and I'll probably take a couple steps backward to make sure I don't go over. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. So your friends are familiar. By the way, you, you help train other people in all kinds of physical uh, events. So they understand you to be a physical guy and a guy who sets high bars. But has anybody of your friends who know you go, yo, Jim, 26 miles in a bear crawl? Come on. Has anybody... Anybody presented that to you? They just know it's foolish. I can't say people haven't thought it, but no one said it to me. I think they, no, right. I think they, uh, they kind of know where my head's at. So they're not gonna, they're not gonna get me off the path. You know, maybe they'll tell me after, and I hope they do. But I'm sure people have thought it. <laughs> well, because it, I mean, it is, it is a remarkable. Uh, it will be remarkable. Maybe you know, ESPN three or four will show us. I'm sure you. I'm, Definitely. This has going viral written all, all over it. And it's good. So how do you raise the money for this? What do you ask for donations for, for distance or how's it work? Yeah. So I'm coming up with a bunch of different ideas. I'll have a general, whether it's a GoFundMe or something where people can donate, and then I'm going to do a bunch of sponsors. So I'm going to be hoping to partner with some companies in the future that will sponsor the Bear Crawl, um, whether I make uh, shirts for the crawl that people can buy. Um, anything that I do bear crawl related will go to charity uh, or the charity that I choose. Uh, people can sponsor a mile or maybe every two miles where we'll have a minimum donation. I'm trying to brainstorm some other ideas. Haven't come up with many yet, but those are just kind of the, the foundations. Those are the definites. That's a great, it's a great idea. We're talking to uh, Jim Boria. He is about taking it to the limit and beyond something, uh, a lot of us should think about 
even if we can't imagine bear crawling for 26 miles. This is the Behavioral Corner. Stick around. we got more with Jim right ahead. At Retreat Behavioral Health, we believe in the power of connection and quality care. We offer comprehensive, holistic, and compassionate treatment from industry-leading experts. Call 855-802-6600 and begin your journey today. Jim Bory is going to get down on, you know, like all fours and sort of crouch like in a bear crawl and go 26 miles. He's doing this because he's dedicated his uh, entire uh, existence, it seems, to raising the bar uh, on his uh, his activities, looking for uh, another place to break through. There is a barrier out there, though, isn't there, Jim? Uh, I've heard long distance runners talk about. I don't care how well you train and how strong you are in, say, a marathon situation or a triathlon guy. There is a barrier you hit. It's like a wall. When you go through it, then not that it's downhill from there, but it's achievable once you get through the barrier. Do you experience that every time you do, say, a marathon? No. And I have different areas. It depends. A lot of things go into it. There's a lot of variables. And I think that comes with pushing the limits. There's a certain kind of mindset that comes with it, where even if we do find our limits some days, how do we go back to the drawing board and make sure that we can make that limit even further next time? So it's a never ending cycle. Yeah. And it's more of a mentality than a lifestyle, really. Let's talk about the mental aspect of this thing, because the other thing I read that claims when you push the envelope uh, and go beyond your, your limits there is a, a strengthening of your, your mental faculties. Your, your, your mind literally gets uh, stronger. I've also heard athletes talk about that. They call it the zone. They're in another, almost another plane of consciousness. That's sort of the goal, isn't it? The clearing of your mind by pushing as hard as you can. Yeah. And it bleeds into every area of your life. And when I bear crawl every day, I usually do it every day. There's a certain point in the bear crawl where I go into it with a lot of my mind. I leave with two things that actually matter. And those are the two things that I want to focus on the rest of the day. And I use it as kind of my filtration process where we get caught up in a lot of different things in life. A lot of things which deserve our attention, but they don't deserve a lot of our emotions. And that's hard to differentiate. But when you put yourself in a mind state where it's very survivalist, and you're pushing your limits and your mind can only focus on one hand in front of the other, right? I want to make sure I keep crawling. And there's still one or two things on your mind. You know, okay, I'm in the trenches right now and that's still on my mind. I should probably address that. And that's what being mentally strong is, is in my opinion, is being able to go at the right things with, with all of your energy. Because we all have a million different things on our mind. But if we can hone in on the, the things that actually matter and put all of mm-hmm. our energy into those, that's what matters. You know, it's interesting. Uh, it just occurs to me. See, let me know if you agree or disagree. You just talk about a mental state achievable through incredible exertion, physical exertion. Yeah. Uh, but the same effect is sought in meditation, mm-hmm. which is, as you know, still and quiet. It would seem to me more people would go, okay, I'm going to try that. But I think I'll try it the meditative way <laughs> rather than the physical way. Put another way, there are barriers that stop us from pushing past our limits. How do you break down that barrier? 
and say, I'm going to try this. You mean getting to the point of meditation or? No, no, no. It's the physical part of this. It's easy to say, I'll try to meditate. There's no exertion here. Uh, okay, what do I have to lose? I try that. But if somebody says, you think you could run 26 miles? You know, you're a recreational runner. You think you could run 26 miles? Well, I don't know. It's 26 miles. I never did a marathon. You start, your mind starts telling you why you can't do it. Okay. Or why it will be difficult. Those barriers are in front of us all day long. How do you break through those? Consistency is big for me. And I think the first day is always the hardest day. But also the goals that we set for ourselves are often very ambitious. I didn't say I was going to bear crawl a marathon and bear crawl 26.2 miles the next day. I still haven't reached that distance. I set a goal and I said, I'm going to crawl a mile. And it absolutely laid me out on the floor. But I, I, but I kept showing up and I reevaluated my goals. I said, okay, that might not be good for a longevity standpoint. I need to find something or find a distance where I can win and find a small win in that distance and then go to the mile. So I would crawl for 30 minutes and I would only worry about how I felt during those 30 minutes. Can I, no matter how fast or slow I went, there's no distance. I'm not competing against anything except myself. And I think when people try and get into physical activity, they need to go zero to a hundred like that. Yeah. They don't realize they need to ease into it. You need to find small wins. Otherwise you'll be discouraged to go back. There's kind of a, you're tricking your mind in a way. You're playing a game against your mind where you're, you're setting a goal, which you know, in hindsight, right. Or in the future won't be very great or pleasing to look at or say out loud, but now it's, it's where we're at now. And, and where we're at now is not where we want to be, but we have to do that to get to where we want to be. And I think looking at the big picture is very crucial. Yeah. It's interesting. And anyone who's done even modest exercise or weightlifting, for instance, or sit-ups, which is a good example, uh, comes to understand that it's, it's, not, it's not the first 10 or 20 sit-ups that you do. It's the last two or three that mean more than the preceding 15. Right. So, so I guess what you say when you say about setting goals, be realistic at the beginning. And then each time you achieve a certain plateau, there's two or three more sit-ups out there, right? Yeah, there'll always be two or three more sit-ups. <laughs> there's always, a, right? There is. And that's why I'd say uh, it's a very daunting thing to think about. But when you think about in terms of small wins and small growth, uh, to eventually leap, reach large growth, that's worth it, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. You, you mentioned earlier that you uh, gravitated towards this because you, 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 I thought I understood you to say something in your childhood was missing and this filled the spot for you. Uh, there weren't any, uh, you, you didn't have any mental health issues as a child, did you? No. So I'll go into a little bit about my background. I come from a divorced family. Uh, or had divorced parents, I should say, and in two different states. I lived in Long Island with my mother and my dad lived in uh, New Jersey. So the way the arrangement was set up was I would be with my mother on the weekdays and Friday would hit after school. We would get in the car, drive to New Jersey, be there till Sunday, come back Monday for school. So I was never able to develop kind of the friendships that would I don't want to say distract me, but give me something else to do. 
So when I was at my father's house and I didn't have those relationships where I was at home, where I didn't form those relationships. So everyone else was out doing their own thing. I had sports and I had my mind and I was, I had, I had no other way to push myself. And I became obsessed with baseball. I would be in the cages. I loved the idea of being in the cage on like a Thursday night at like nine o'clock at night for some reason, when I was 12 years old, I just loved it. I loved the environment. It didn't matter what happened to that during that time. It didn't matter how well or bad I did it. It just, I liked doing what other people weren't doing. That was mm-hmm. enough. And that's mm-hmm. what I liked young. Yeah. And that's the attention you want to bring with your effort, the bear crawl, raise money for kids who find themselves similarly lost or looking for something. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic Fantastic idea. Uh, gee, I you know what? I mean, you, what, what's the uh, projected date for when you're going to do this bear crawl? It's October 7th of 2022. Okay. Well, that gives us plenty of time to have you back here. Um, maybe you can video. I'm sure you videotapes or you've uh, recorded some of your training sessions. So maybe we can have some of those and take a look at it. We'd like to keep an eye on your progress. This is a terrific thing. Like I said, uh, everybody's looking for kind of uh, equipose equilibrium in their lives and so because life is crazy so why look for trouble uh but it's not trouble you're really looking for it's a higher plane and uh, jim's an example of that thanks so much i got a quote here i want you to react to i can't attribute it because i don't remember where i heard it but i remember somebody a high achiever saying that the only thing that separates me from greatness is me yeah and I guess the other thing is when you push past your limits, all those sort of excuses fall away. Mm-hmm. Which is the scary thing for people. We love excuses. It makes life yeah. easier. Excuses yeah. make it easier, but yeah. once yeah. you get rid of those excuses, that's where the growth lies. Yeah, that's where it's at. Jim Boria, thanks. Uh, good luck. Uh, let's thanks. stay in touch. We'd like to have you back on the corner uh, and uh, chart your progress. And we, and we uh, look forward to you breaking that record. Yes, absolutely. That will be done. <laughs> Terrific. Uh, Jim Boria. Guys, thanks so much. Don't forget the uh, Behavior Corner. Follow us on Instagram and uh, uh, Facebook and all those other things. We love hearing from you. Give us some feedback. Uh, tell us what you'd like to hear us hang with here on the Behavior Corner. Take care till next time. That's it for now. And make us a habit hanging out at the Behavioral Corner. And when we're not hanging, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter on the Behavioral Corner.